This is Meet the Movie Press. It is Friday, June 28th, 2019, the end of June on the show this week. Rudbusters, Charlie's Angels trailer chat and more. That's easy for you to say. Plus reviews of Animal Ca- uh, Annabelle Comes. This is going well. Annabelle Comes Home Yesterday and Spider-Man Far From Home. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is Friday, June 28th, 2019. There is nothing like a good start to the show. And that was nothing like a good start to the show. Good morning, Dimitri. Good, me- uh, good morning, Scott. What is wrong with my mouth this morning? Oh, my God. Okay, very quickly, Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? And then you can find me here on Popcorn Talk with Meet the Movie Press. I'll be on LAOFCS a little bit later on, working on a couple of other shows, too. But those are... You know, in the future. Go, Scott. Sure. Scott Menzel, we live entertainment.com, Twitter and Instagram, the other Scott M. Thank uh, you. My name's Simon Thank Thompson you. at Showbiz Simon. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and my work everywhere from uh, Forbes to Beyond. Mm. Okay, lot to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to mix it up this week, actually, because the news this week has been exciting, but nothing massively groundbreaking. So we're going to start with the reviews this week. Uh, if you haven't seen the following movies and you want to avoid them, I will do this. <laughs> when you can tune back in. We are not going to do spoilers on these reviews, but just to warn you, if I do this, you can now tune back in. Of course, if you're listening back to us on either Spotify, uh, iTunes, or any other uh, area where podcast is available, uh, that is completely useless. <laughs> so apologies for that. Okay, so if, if that is the case, we're about 15 minutes into the show, mm-hmm. that's probably where you can start listening. Okay, guys, first of all, let's talk about a couple of big releases this week, and there's a movie that comes out next week that we need to talk about today. Okay, first off, let's talk about Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, I went to a screening last week, very lucky enough to go to the premiere. I know you saw it last night, Dimitri, and you saw it quite recently too as well, Scott. Yes. Okay, rather than me start off on this, I want to start with Scott. Your thoughts on Annabelle Comes Home, the latest movie in the Conjuring universe? It is the latest movie in the Conjuring universe, as Simon said. (laughs) It is. (laughs) And um, it is... um, it is very much the middle of the road of the uh, Conjuring universe as yeah. well. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but um, there is some movies that are above it and some that are underneath of it. Um, I feel like it's a very good filler standalone film. Mm-hmm. Um earns the tension and the atmosphere and the scares. Mm. And I think Gary, who this is his first time in the director's chair. He's written a number of the other ones. Yes, he's, yeah. he's, I think he wrote uh, four he wrote of An- the other ones. Annabelle Creation was one of them. That yeah, wrote. and The Nun. Yeah. And he produced The Curse of La Llorona. That's correct. Um, so, you know, it was nice to finally see him step into the director's chair. Um, I think he left his own unique, you know, fingerprints on this this entry. Yep. And uh, I like that it's told over a single evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the story and basically everything about this movie is very contained. It's, it's all to one location, and it all takes place over one evening. And, um, you know, very female-driven. And I think the the females do a really great job. And, um, you know, I I think it's a little little light on substance. I I will not deny that. But, you know, it works for what it is. Um, I just want them to kind of cool this down a little bit now because I think I'm starting to feel a little fatigue 
from the Conjuring universe. And I don't want to feel that way because I really do like most of these movies. But this movie introduces another character that may get a spinoff movie. And I'm kind of like, ha, 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 ha. Like, I need a little bit of break. A <laughs> and they're coming thick and fast. And they need a little bit of anticipation for the next one. Dimitri, your thoughts on this? I, I think I liked it probably the most of the group. I really enjoyed mm. this movie. Um, you are right. It is short on story. Yeah. But I think when you look at the Annabelle movies, they are each different. The yeah. second one was they very... They certainly are they different. They really are different. The yeah. second one had a lot of story. The second one is still my favorite. Mm. But I think what Gary Doberman was able to do, like, he makes this a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And it's right when it gets into that third act. As it's ending the second act, going into the third act, it re- he turns on the... He ratchets up the tension and the mm. suspense and does some really creepy things. I loved the girls in this movie. They weren't just dumb teenagers, right? And even the one that causes it all, there was a motivation for her to do what she did that you learn through exposition as the movie goes on. And I was like, oh, I... Okay, so I don't hate her. And she was actually a good character, that the, the Daniela Rios character. Mm. I really liked everybody in this movie. I think it's a, it's a scary good time. It is. I mean, for me, and by the way, if you want to take part in in the show, um, you're more than welcome to in the chat. If you're watching this live on YouTube, we really appreciate that. Good morning to Chad Schultz. Uh, good morning to Zeno Hour, a regular on the show. Uh, BlackRock316, uh, Wellington, Smithopolis, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, the number of people already taking part. Okay, my thoughts on this. I agree with you on everything. I really like the female leads in this. I thought they were really, really good. The performances were very strong, and they were given a good script to play with. Uh, for me, this was, again, a middling, I agree with you, Scott, on this, a middling entry in, in, in the Conjuring universe. Universe. It was kind of, it was very much, it was below for me, Annabelle creation. It was mm-hmm. kind of around the, the, the Conjuring 2, um, kind of layer on a kind of area for me, and but above the nun, and definitely above the first Annabelle movie. Um, f- this movie is fundamentally, it's, it's, a, it's um, like a haunted house mm-hmm. movie. It's, it's a monster movie. Uh, it reminded me of, of such examples as The Haunting, uh, it reminded me of examples of movies such as Monster Squad because of the characters. The only problem I had for this, and I agree with the fact that it kind of is a slow burn and when it ramps up, it's good. It didn't deliver enough scares and enough chills for me. That was the thing. I did like the elements of comedy, but I think it really underused one of my favorite um, horror icon characters right now, Annabelle. Um, really underused. She kind of played second fiddle to a lot of the other characters. I think mm. they put too many characters in there. You have the ferryman, who is great. You have the haunted wedding dress, which is kind of underused. I mean, used not at all, and then all of a sudden in a big way. Um, there's the, the, the wolf character. Um, there's the samurai character. I just felt there were too many characters. And then the TV, the celestial TV. And then there was Annabelle. And I just felt it was a little bit overstuffed. Mm. They could have taken two of those out and it would have still been plenty to do in there. And you could have ramped up the scares for each of those characters. Mm. A lot of the characters don't have enough time to bed in for you to really build up any fear of them and their stories to be really as well explained rather than a, a passing, you know, a, a very sort of, it, it's laying the groundwork for, hey, it's, it's been a little bit leaden for me. But the film, the film in all, I did enjoy. I didn't find it scary. Um, I think it could have been tense, uh, more tense, but I did, I did certainly enjoy it. Um, as far as horror offerings this year, it's kind of mid-table for me. You know, it's it's not a terrifying movie. I've seen other ones that are far more uh, impactful, but it was certainly an enjoyable movie. 
Yeah, and I, I just want to say that I completely agree with Simon, and, and that's my big issue with the film, too, is that there's so many characters being introduced in this movie, yeah. and then he doesn't even mention there, there's, like, this this kid who pops up, this guy who's, like, becomes the butt of the joke for the, the yeah. rest of the movie. Um, but you can tell that they're building more and more of these movies by introducing the characters. And yeah. I think when it becomes that obvious... When you're watching a movie, that's when you start – I mean, for me personally, that's when I start losing interest in the franchise. Yeah. Because I'm kind of like, oh, God, I'm watching this one because now we're going to have the Fairyman movie. And then this character is going to get a movie because they're not explored enough in this one because we know they have to come back up. It's like when you'd watch a cartoon as a kid and you go, hey, here's a blah, 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 man. And it's like, great, that's the new toy. It's very much a case of that. And I think, to be honest with you, if they pull back on two of those, we would have had more relationship with these characters, I think, which mm-hmm. would have given us more desire to see more of them in their standalone movies. And also... So I think it's shown its hand, its cards a bit too soon yeah. by the fact that you now know these monsters, you have experience of these monsters. I think they should have held those back. Mm. Um, but overall, I mean, it's 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 fine, you know. It's, I it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I Gary am, did a good job. The direction did, yeah. is great. He really, I mean, to me, he was like a disciple of Juan and even Darwin. Oh yeah, to, yeah. To an extent, we also we haven't mentioned about the Warrens. Like I always yeah. love seeing Patrick Wilson. And, and uh, Vera Farmiga together. Yeah. They're so good at these roles, and I love the fact that they will take a secondary... <laughs> like, they came in as support, really. They were at the beginning and the end, and yeah. to me, the end had a really nice closure for Daniela. Kind of, really? I like really? it. See, I thought it was, like, too... That yeah. was, I thought, was too softy. This, like, it was no, too I much as softy. I, I this, that. for me, felt too much like a bridge movie, like an introductory <laughs> movie, and it just made me wish that I was watching a Conjuring movie. That's, that's kind of where this left me. Okay, people in the chat responding to this. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, ooh, who's saying it? Xeno uh, Hour, thick and fast, and a little of my anticipation. Another sex reference, Simon. It actually wasn't, but now you point that out, that could be. Uh, Chad Schultz, uh, first Annabelle had to be the worst of the Conjuring universe. Uh, it was the Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows bad. Sorry, Scott, that's from Jack. Uh, did you get a, did you get, have you got a bag for this one? Have you got a bag for this one? Uh, Chad Schultz, I do have a bag for this one. For okay. Annabelle? Yeah, Annabelle comes home. No, no. Okay. Uh, Not the original one. Chad Schultz again. Uh, too many characters for future movies. Uh, that, that's what killed yes. Iron Man 2 and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Absolutely. Just because you have good ideas, it doesn't mean you have to put them out. The movie felt a little bit like a character brain dump, really. And Hugh Jennings, uh, were the recent box office failures uh, kindling for the new blockbuster heat wave yet to come. We will potentially get to that later on, Hugh. Okay, we need to move on to the next movie this week. We're going to get to Spider-Man in just a moment, but yesterday we need to talk about as well this week's other big release at the box office. Okay, uh, let's start with Dimitri on this one. Your thoughts on yesterday? Uh, I thought the concept, that was sold in the concept. Right. What if you wake up someday and the Beatles never exist? Nobody remembers them. It was, a, it was a great concept. I think it was a botched opportunity. They went ways that just didn't make sense in today's music world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, ultimately, I just, you know, Danny Boyle, Richard Curtis, uh, in the Beatles. And you're like, what could go wrong? And to me, a lot went wrong in this movie from a narrative perspective. And I just, I couldn't buy... The way that they presented the concept, I had a very hard time buying the concept as they presented it. It was a it was a big disappointment for me. I walked away not feeling as good as I had hoped that I was going to, leaving a Richard Curtis, specifically his Richard Curtis kind of a movie mm. with Danny Boyle's direction. And I had no problem with his direction. Um, 
You know, we had, uh, uh, oh, God, why can't I remember Cinderella's name? Lily uh, James. Lily James, who I love, and she was effervescent as usual. She was great. Yeah. She, to me, was the only reason. She's the one that kept my attention throughout the whole movie. And ultimately, it was it was, it was was a miss for me. Okay, Scott, your thoughts on this? You know, it. this was, my hope for this movie was that it was going to be my feel-good film of the year. Um, like he was saying, I mean... Richard Curtis, Danny Boyle, you, you look at those two really great British names and mm. whose whose work I appreciate and love. And that 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 coming together for them did not work yep. whatsoever. Um and I don't even know where the the plays blame. I mean, a lot of the blame can easily be placed on the screenplay because of the direction and how generic it feels. But I feel like as a director, you should be able to step in and say, you know, this this does not work for me. This mm-hmm. is this 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 is not the way we should be going with this movie. And I feel like he just kind of sat back and like let it happen. <laughs> and the actors, you know, um, Lily James is adorable as always, you know, but I, I don't feel like she's doing anything in this movie that she hasn't done before. Yeah. Um, this guy, uh, Hamish Patel, um, great voice. Um, the chemistry between the two is good. But, I mean, performance-wise, it, it's like I'm here, I show up. It, it just It's just like a one-trick pony. Yeah, the entire time it's, watching it's, it's it. one joke, and it's a joke that then is is during the movie, kind of put into different situations, different contexts, different things, and the joke is the joke. But that's it, and it does get a little bit tired towards the end. Um, overall, to be honest with you, I didn't I didn't dislike it as much as you guys. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. Far from the the best offering of Danny Boyle, and far from the best offering from Richard Curtis. Um, my problem with this movie is the fact that there are a lot of things that I laughed at because they were British references that a lot of American audiences certainly the audience that we were with the other day um just didn't seem to didn't seem to really get it is it it is quintessentially british which is why a lot of people go to see these richard curtis movies which i love though that that, which is why i don't know why it didn't translate over this time elements of that traditional richard curtis like there's a there's a scene where i won't spoil it but where the the lead character uh, meets another character and it's kind of that's a very british that's a very Richard Curtis, and there's scenes in, in say, coffee shops or whatever yes. that are very Richard Curtis. There's, characters, too. Yeah, characters. The tropes are all there. It just feels like it just didn't quite hold together. However, I did like the premise of the movie. Um, I think it gets a little bit hack and eye towards the end, and I think a little bit too much is put on Ed Sheeran. Yes. Which I know he's a very popular artist, right. but also the thing is that when you do that, in five years' time, Ed Sheeran might not be really big. Right. And the kind of the concept, he's no Beatles, no disrespect to Ed Sheeran, yeah. but I just don't think it's going to work as well further down the road. I think it very much places the movie in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the dialogue, there was some really sharp dialogue. Other dialogue felt a little bit loose. 
Um, the direction was absolutely fine. There were some really nice um, moments in there. Whoever was the DOP did some really nice, very natural takes. It felt very much at times like fly on the wall, and at other times it felt really cinematic. So I think whoever was in charge of photography was great on that element. Um, and obviously, you know the songs of the Beatles. Um, so there's that element as well. But it's basically it's a one it's a one joke movie mm-hmm. um, that there needed to be a little bit more meat on these bones to really bring it to life. I don't understand how some people are getting particularly excited about this movie. Um, but also, I'm not quite sure why some people are hating on this movie quite so much. It's fine, it, but it's a very British movie. I'm very much I'm very interested to hear what American audiences make of it once they've seen it. I can Do, a- I can answer the question sure. real quick about <clears throat> what you were saying about why people are hating on this movie because I think when you set an expectation up as high as this movie has, you have the greatest rock band's music, you know, and I mean, I know that's, you know, my opinion, right? Yeah. Um, You know, and just like a lot of people feel that way about the Beatles, but you have that. You have Danny Boyle, who honestly, before this, really has hit home runs pretty much with every film. In my opinion, I think Richard Curtis, you know, maybe nine times out of ten has hit a home run. Mm. That's why. I mean, I, I walked away from this movie very angry, too, because I, I just think that you have such great potential there. You have all the right things going for it, and you are left with something that belongs on Netflix. Yeah. you really, That's what it is. Ryan, Ryan asking in the chat very quickly. We'll come back to you in a second, Dimitri. Mm-hmm. Ryan Nielsen asking, how was Kate McKinnon? Uh, oh. I mean, just like you've seen Kate McKinnon a million times before, um, I would have really liked to have seen her play something a bit different. Uh, You know, I mean, she plays a record executive uh, who's kind of a ball buster, but... It, the, the the comedy's not quite it's not quite there yet as a character so she does okay with what she's given but it just felt like I'd kind of seen that incarnation of her in some other form it didn't really seem like a fresh take for, for Kate McKinnon SNL to character yeah like it did it, it was, did feel like I'd seen mm-hmm. this kind of thing on SNL before and considering how good she is as, as a comedic actor Absolutely. we've not seen that translate to the big screen no, not yet. I mean, with the the spy who dumped me, uh, Ghostbusters, and this, I each time I think she's just been a bit short of the mark. To me, I'll give make her, I'll give her uh, credit to say in Ghostbusters, she was my favorite character. She was out the of, best. Yeah. She was out the best out of all. I would agree on that. Uh, my question that. to you is, who do you think this movie? Who do you think <laughs> this audience is like? That was another thing that's stymied me. Yeah. I don't think this movie knows who its audience is because it's it's obviously going to be. Beatles fans. Yeah. Like, there are two characters in the movie, and when you look at their age, um, you go, well, yeah, this is who this movie's for. Yeah. I really don't think the younger audiences... But then they they do themselves the great disservice by putting Ed Sheeran in in this movie. Yeah. So, like, they're like, well, is it for the younger younger demo, or is it for the older demo? My my gut says, I mean, they're looking to pick up some of the the younger thing through Ed yeah. Sheeran, but I think really it is it is aimed at the thirty plus audience. Mm-hmm. The feeling that I got for this, because there's nothing in there that's too racy for the older audience, right. but there's enough that's in there that's kind of charming to the younger audience. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think it's a little bit. It's tied to be a bit too broad. I think mm-hmm. it could have been a little bit tighter i think from an audience trying to capture point of view it tried to be so it tried to be daring without being too daring and i think it's just kind of it's kind of missed being either really Mm -hmm. and i think it's kind of it's a little bit lost at sea um but still i mean i you know i enjoyed it but is it something i'd rush out to see no 
but at least it is the kind of movie that if you go to see it in the movie theatre, with the music of the Beatles and the scale of the film, I think you'll appreciate it more if you go to see it in a theatre than you would perhaps if you wait and you catch it on a streaming service. Okay, let's move on to Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home comes out July 22nd. Uh, From what I understand, it's your guys' favourite film of the year. If you're yes. sweet, so to be believed. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, we, we're about halfway through the show already. <laughs> certainly a third of the way through the show. So we need to we need to just make sure we, we keep this nice and concise. Uh, Scott, I'm going to go to you, first of all, um, to uh, read your little love poem for Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think this is the worst Spider-Man movie to date. I think this, is, this movie is worse than Spider-Man 3. I think it's worse than the, the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, it is just one mess of a film. Right. It's the first half of the movie is this jokey comedy that feels very much the same beat by beat of Homecoming, mm. where it's just all about the high school stuff and mm. jokes that feel like they're pulled out of movies from the '80s and '90s that weren't even that funny back then. Um, just stupid gags and characters that just go nowhere and then you get this second half of this movie where like it picks up and there's this these interesting themes that want to be explored but the movie feels so freaking bloated and all over the place that they don't even get explored yeah and you have good old jakey g in there in the middle (laughs) and uh, i love jakey g and you know he just sits there and he he's like this weird mix between campy and like serious and like it kind of goes back and forth through the movie and I don't know what to make of this performance you know but he was the highlight for me mainly because of the costume and the, just yeah. the, the 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 motivation of the character even though even with that we didn't get enough backstory um and just going to say it, when are we ever going to get a new Spider-Man movie that is actually a Spider-Man movie as opposed to a leftover Iron Man subplot that we can never seem to get past? Sure. Or now, and a reference to Endgame, pretty much, pretty much every freaking 10 to 15 minutes, like, oh my god, there's a photo. Oh, where's Captain Marvel? Oh, is that Doctor Strange? Come on. Like, let's move away from it. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri on this. It was one of my bigger <laughs> problems with Homecoming is that it, it relied too much on Tony Stark and Iron Man, more so than Spider-Man. Yeah. But I understood its charm. Like, I didn't love Homecoming as much as a lot of people did. And then going into this movie, like, just, it was narratively a mess. I just thought it was, even when it sets up its own rules for mm. what happened during, I'm going to call it the snap. I don't want to put any spoilers out there. But they even, like, two seconds later, they break their own rules again. And then these characters who were described (laughs) as John Hughes teenagers Mm -hmm. from Homecoming, now they're just caricatures. Like, there was the stupidest relationship thing going on between two of these teenagers that was just dumb. Everything about this movie. I mean, Spider-Man, when are they going to just give this guy Tom Holland who can carry the character. Yeah. I mean, I liked him in the subsequent movies after Homecoming. And I was like, okay, you've winning me over. I'm looking forward to this movie. When are they going to have enough faith in this character to just give him his own movie? Yeah. You know, he had more costume changes than Cher does <laughs> in a show, in a, in a Cher concert. It's like, come on, let him be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. And it was a lot. It was very... The action, I found it to be extremely 
cartoony, which isn't something that you say about MCU, these MCU movies. And I do compare, I, I think it's a fair comparison to um, MCU and Pixar, because they do, uh, uh, their strength is in story. Yeah. And this, to me, uh, Spider-Man Stay at Home is the Cars <laughs> 2 of the MCU universe. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you guys just suck up to Disney so much. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know how much they I paid you. Things I about Pixar. Much... Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, I mean, my thoughts on National Lampoon Spider-Man Vacation. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't deny. I, I had a lot of fun with this movie because I think sometimes superhero movies, they do take themselves too seriously. It was always going to be a risk, I think, when Tom Holland, who I think is genuinely finding his feet as Spider-Man, I think he does a great job. Um, when you go for a teen Spider-Man in a high school environment, I always thought there might be this element where it would be a little bit more comedy than anything else, rather than, you know, there, there's elements of drama, but I thought we we're going to see this comedic element. That was always going to be a risk, and I think it gets really close to almost... almost spoiling really sort of taking that in not a good direction with mm-hmm. this movie with things like some of these subplots with them um, with flash thompson uh there's kind mm. of a story there about flash thompson but there's not really a story there about flash thompson there's this this side romance thing that kind of comes out of nowhere and i knew that it wasn't gonna go anywhere and then it didn't go anywhere and there's, there's, there's all these elements that i'm kind of like that you put they put a lot on the table to kind of fill out the movie, which they could have done without and rounded out some other of the areas a bit more fully. Again, I think it's a little bit too stuffed and the references do make it feel that there's like the ghosts of the Avengers continually hanging around, which was always going to be a risk because this is the final movie, not Mm -hmm. Endgame, in this phase of the MCU. So that was always going to be a risk and I think they didn't handle it potentially as well as they could. But Tom Holland as Spider-Man, like I say, I really think he finds his feet in this. I think he's actually very good. I really enjoyed the action set piece is they're some of the best ones you'll see this summer certainly some of the ones if you compare them to other blockbusters that have come out this year they are the ones that you see it on the screen and I felt an element of excitement when I watched them and I haven't found that with a lot of other movies this year you could see it on the screen and it just hasn't connected in any way I felt it connected better in this I really enjoyed Jake um, you know as as the villain of the piece Um, I, I, I think again he could have gone a bit I liked him when he was serious and then when the less serious situation just don't want to do any spoilers but the less serious elements of it um the the campier elements i think i would have gone dark i would have taken it in a slightly different direction but what he did i really enjoyed and i like the idea behind the theory of the movie um i mean it was fun to be honest with you i can't i honestly can't decide whether i like this because i liked it as a movie or i liked it because i've been so underwhelmed by so many of the other movies that have come out this summer that are of this blockbuster scale and i I genuinely i'm on the fence about that i think i prefer this um as a movie to many of the other ones that have come out and i think to be honest with you I found Homecoming quite forgettable. Um, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but now if you ask me anything about it, I couldn't tell you a huge amount. I'm not one of those people who goes back and re-watches these MCU movies over and over and over again. Spider-Man Far From Home, it was far more memorable for me. There were more set pieces in it that I could remember, more story plot points that I think I'll be, you know, I'll be referencing in the future. Um, I think it was a better movie. I think there was more to it. But I don't think it's as bad as Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I absolutely abhor. Um, but I think it's it's better than 
Raimi's Spider-Man three, um, but you know it's it's no Spider-Man two. And, and, and we're and we're all forgetting what won the Academy Award for Best Animated Movie last year. Yes, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's no Spider. It's not a patch on Spider Verse. It's not a patch on Spider Verse. Not even close. Yeah, but like, there are some can... people who are ranking it that high. Yeah, and it's... and do you know what? The, all these things, all these movies are very personal. And if that's so, how somebody feels, okay, I don't disagree with that. But that's absolutely fine. But for me, I mean, I enjoy this as a movie. Uh, is it one of the best movies in the MCU? No, it is not for me. Mm-hmm. It's sort of upper mid table, um, perhaps, or certainly mid table. I didn't, I didn't like pissed my pants in joy over it and I didn't think it was an absolute abomination it, I enjoyed it I thought it was good um, but you know what I think a lot of people are going to disagree with that and that's entirely fine um, I'm going to go to the chat very quickly yeah. and then we'll finish on you and then we'll move on to the rest of the stuff Scott okay people are talking about a number of movies we discussed today um, uh, film and Jamie uh, I could not stand Homecoming uh, like Holland in the ensemble movies but god damn he's annoying in his solo films I can understand that point I do prefer um, Spider-Man when he is part of the, the sort of the Avengers and in those those sort of ensemble movies. Um, Chad Schultz, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is on Netflix, everyone. Yes, it is. It dropped on Netflix the other day, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Kama Egan, uh, going back to yesterday, the Beatles forums and the festive uh, Beatles fans uh, community, uh, the rest of the Beatles fan uh, community, are on the fence about yesterday. Some are excited to see it, but a lot are comparing it to Across the Universe, which was disappointed. Zeno Hour, I'm excited from Far From Home. Far From Home, go and see it. Uh, make your own mind up that's really really important uh and uh Carne egan i loved homecoming and i'm excited to see far from home because tom holland does a great job of being peter parker spider-man one thing i will say is there's one thing in the movie that got the biggest reaction of the entire thing and that is the mid-credits sting right um the there's a there's a thing obviously in the credits it's not mid credits it's kind of like a little bit into them uh, that got a massive reaction that got more reaction than anything else in the movie so i'm which not going to spoil why. what that is i don't know which i don't know why but because if did. you watch the movie there's a scene that happens earlier which like any news coverage should have picked that up yeah <laughs> but they, yeah, but, I, hey. I had exactly the same thought. Yeah. But that's fine. Okay, one more thing on this from you, Scott, and then we're gonna. Uh, we're I gonna just wanted on. to say, like, you know, another thing that really stuck out to me was just the way that the characters were shown and you know their personalities. I mean, the teachers were bumbling idiots, and what does that have to say about teachers in general? Uh, but the bigger problem for me was the fact that Nick Fury before this movie yeah. never acted like this, and nice. um, there may be a reason why that is. But still, like, none of these characters were kind of like hmm why is why is nick fury like this he has a line where he says bitch please during it i'm like literally i'm like what 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 samuel l jackson movie am i watching right now because it's definitely not any of the avengers (laughs) yeah but uh, that's all i want to say uh, cool. Okay, we're going to move on from this very, uh, very quickly. Uh, Wellington Smithopolis of geekicidal tendencies. <laughs> uh, snappy name. Uh, I find most Marvel movies a one-time watcher. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with fun. Zero. No, there's nothing wrong with fun. Absolutely. Some movies can, you know, not really have any important value whatsoever, but just be entertaining, and that's entirely fine. Uh, film note, Jamie, the big end credit scene is a big fan. Mm. Really? The end credit? The, the right at the end? The right at the end. Yeah, I, was, I thought that was completely pointless. Oh, it was like lazy as fuck. Yeah, I, I really was not a, a big fan of that. Uh, Zeno Aaron thought the end credits scene got spoiled for me. I do not read spoilers about this. Uh, film nerd Jamie, of course, Far From Home is getting praised. Uh, find me an MCU film that wasn't praised like crazy. Oh, there are a couple. 
Not many, but there are a couple. No, but no, I'll, no. I'll always, I'll always be honest. But the thing is that when I'm when I'm honest and saying I don't, I don't love an MCU movie, the amount of people who then come out and give me shit for that, right? Because how dare I not like an MCU MCU movie? And then the same with you guys. Like when you like it, it's like, oh well, you like all the MCU movies, or you're being paid by Disney. It's like no. But also, if you literally, and I said this, there was a troll that was rather horrendous this week um, that I, I reported, which was quite fun. Um, and then they started crying. Um, the if, if you destroyed all of these MCU movies tomorrow, like never showed them again, you destroyed the negatives, <laughs> I wouldn't lose a moment's sleep. These movies are fun to watch and mm-hmm. I enjoy them. Some I enjoy more than others. But do you know what? If we never had another MCU movie... I could live with that. You know, that's so interesting. Because I genuinely could. Concept, it's like waking up and, and, not, and the Beatles don't exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, too. Seriously. I can love I, all these movies. You know what? As weird as it is, I agree with you. I really, like, there's nothing that I would say that these have changed my perspective or love of movies. Like, I, I, I enjoy them to different levels. Yep. Yeah. But if they didn't exist, I don't think I would give two shits. No. <laughs> and that's nothing against the movies, no. but then there are certain movies I'm like, oh my God, if I never saw that again, I would be... I mean, that's an interest. I mean, I never thought of that, but you really, like, this is an entire 22 movie franchise that if it went away and vanished, I don't think I would cry. But, like, if something like a Batman 1989 disappeared, I would be very upset. Yeah. Be yeah. Absolutely. And to your point, there are some MCU movies that I like a lot. Um... But I think that the MCU has become uh, that comedian that that has been around for a long time. Like a Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld today can never bomb. Yeah. Whatever show he does, he's always going to get love from the crowd. Whatever. That's the MCU today. And they can release movies like a Spider-Man Far From Home, and they're still going to get the love. I call it the Magic M. So long as you have that Magic M title card at the front of your movie... People are going to love it and say it's the best of the series, the best of the Spider-Mans, the best of the MCU for one week until the next MCU movie comes out. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, I mean, and obviously, you know, a film nerd Jamie saying not referring to you guys, but the first reaction on social media, yeah. oh my uh, you God. call it like it is. I will always be abundantly honest about what I, you know, what I think about a movie, whether I like it or I dislike it. I will always give my own opinion. I'll oh. never do what I think what I think I should say or what other people are saying. So I should go along with them. Right. And I do, I'll be honest with you. I get as much shit for that as I would if I was a shill. So you, you literally cannot please some people because some people make up their minds about, you know, what, whether a movie is going to be good or you can't say this terrible thing about a movie. It's like in the nicest possible way. If you like a movie that I don't, and we've just talked about this on the show before. If you like a movie that I dislike, that's absolutely fine. It doesn't matter. I don't, I mean, I literally don't care. I'd love to talk to you about movies, but I don't care. It doesn't affect me at all or what I think of a movie and, and, and vice versa. So none of this is really none of this is really important. But yeah, I mean, literally, if we didn't have MCU anymore, right. you know, if they stop making movies tomorrow, I'd be like, OK. But I would miss I would miss uh, I'd Richard miss Donner's Superman. I would miss Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. You know, I really would. And there are there are ones that I'd miss. Yeah. But it's not like, no. Right. It's fine. They're just fucking movies. Mm-hmm. You know? They're just movies. I enjoy them. Miss, don't enjoy them. Doesn't matter. 
It really doesn't matter. Okay, let's move on, guys. Uh, lots of great chat on the three big releases. And we spend a lot of time on this because obviously there is a holiday here, uh, July 4th next weekend. And these are some of the, you know, some really big movies coming out this week. So we wanted to, to give those plenty of chat. Uh, Zeno, I was saying, I would be heartbroken if Black Panther, um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Endgame, and Winter Soldier cease to exist. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, they're great movies. But and, I can and, live without them. And the only one I would say on this list that I think is is significant that you pointed out is Black Panther because I think that yeah. is an important film. Yeah. Not only not, when you take out the superhero element, but for a culture. Yeah. And I think that's very important to have the rest of them. How can you say Endgame and not of any of the other Avengers movies? Because guess what? They wouldn't matter without. That movie would not matter without the other. Do you know Avengers when Avengers movie. came out, it was like, eh, best movie ever. <laughs> I remember, I remember I it. Remember. You know, people yeah. lost their shit. That was yeah. like fucking second coming yeah. of cinema. That was incredible. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on Black Panther. But again, if that disappeared, I mean, aside from the, I mean, all of these things, they have cinematic importance. But no, that one has the different level. I mean, that has a cultural it importance. It does, you know, which makes that movie. You know, it's just kind of like the way you can kind of look at Wonder Woman and say that it has absolutely. the importance. Yeah, you know, these other movies, they're just I'm popcorn not, not, movies. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not denying yeah. the importance of these yeah. movies. There are certain ones that are genuinely, you know, culturally but important. Do we but, really like if Ant Man disappeared? Like, it doesn't really matter if Ant Man disappeared. But or, what does it say about culture if we need a movie to, you know, really make a make the shift? You know, it's it's a catalyst. It's not. It's it catalyst. should just fucking yeah. happen. Just yeah, like, yeah, it should, yeah. Uh, Final word here from film nerd Jamie before we move on to the week's news. Uh, MCU is McDonald's. Nothing wrong with it, but stop calling them the best burger that you've ever eaten. Yes, that's fine. Sure. Okay, uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you're now watching the show, reviews are, <laughs> are over, which is great. A little longer than anticipated, but it, you know, a couple of good topics there. So, uh, okay, so it announced yesterday, Thursday, uh, Paul Rudd has answered the call, uh, joined the cast of Ghostbusters 2020. Um, apparently, that's what we're calling it now. I don't know if it's going to have a, <laughs> another name. They're going to change that, but Ghostbusters 2020 uh, is is what we're calling it. Uh, I genuinely, if you saw the video online, it was Paul Rudd basically outside the uh, the fire station in New York where. Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters movies took place. Um, yeah, I'm announcing that he was going to be part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. I mean, I genuinely, I genuinely love. I have a man crush on Paul Rudd. He is great. He's, he's fucking great. He's just great. He yeah. is. And I, you know, speaking of Ant Man, I just rewatched Ant Man and Wasp. Mm. Um, I do enjoy those movies, but he's it's such great news. I don't know how he'll exactly be utilized, but it's great news and. He is so excited yeah. about this. Like that was genuine. That isn't a that wasn't like a publicist going, Oh, you have to do yeah, this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was he, him. He was genuinely excited about doing this. Hundred percent. I think so far they're 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 making the right steps. Um oh speaking of which too, since last week there was other Ghostbusters news that was confirmed that Annie Potts That's correct. will yes. be yep. uh reprising a role. And then I was like Yes! That All they need great. to get is Rick Moranis. I and I know they have to I get him. What do you to. think the chances of that are? I, I'm genuinely, I'm really, I, I hope that the fact that everybody else that is living is obviously coming back um, might just might be enough to, I know. to coax. Go, that's, that's put an, a bit I, of cheese. That's an Ivan Reitman going to Canada, I believe. Yeah, 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 is, yeah. And to have a serious discussion about, yeah. we need you, buddy. Yeah. Like and he says, "Well, you got everybody. Else. No, we need you. Yeah. We got Annie Potts back to. We need the band back together. Yeah, and we we need to hit a home run one last time. 
We that's need it. You, buddy. That's yeah. it. Like, even if it's just for like two minutes or one, yeah. even one minute, like yeah. you just just need to see. And we'll give to the charity. Yeah, yeah. We'll give to well because yeah. we'll give to the charity and we'll even put a thank you with like we need you. Yeah, and I think it could happen. I think the odds are long. No, I, I I think that would be great. Um, people are talking. <laughs> so many thoughts on Ghostbusters. Uh, Zeno, I was saying Biden Ghostbusters twenty twenty, <laughs> um, which is quite funny actually. That's a good one. Uh, a film that Jamie saying Ghostbusters Dark Fates, which is obviously a take on the uh, the Terminator movie. Uh, Kame Egan saying Paul Rudd is just adorable. He's the kind of guy that you want to sit down and have a beer with. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony Manzona just running the chat now. Uh, good morning, Anthony. How are you, uh, Simon? Can you please put the phone number in the chat? We're not going to do phones uh, today. Uh, we're going to do phones on the show next week, uh, July fourth. Uh, July 5th. Yeah, July 5th. July 4th, we're not here. Obviously, because that's a Thursday. We're going to do the show on a Thursday. Uh, Jack Dennis saying, I feel like Paul Rudd has been rumoured to be cast in the Ghostbusters movie since 2007. It has come up before. Has it? It, it has come up before. I don't know whether it was, like, bullshit or, you know, people just wanting him to be in a movie. Um, But his name has been mentioned a number of times. Like, who would you cast in the Ghostbusters movie? We don't know what Paul Rudd's going to play yet. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. I can't decide whether I want to see him as a Ghostbuster, as the villain of the piece, or, like, one of the dads of the kids. Mm. (laughs) You know? Because, I mean, we still don't know whether it's going to be the kids who are the Ghostbusters, or it's going to be adult Ghostbusters. We just don't know. I'm I'm really, I mean, I don't care, ultimately. It's like, I'll take, you know, the Rudster, whichever way we get him. It's a great get. And so far, the whole show has been great gets. Yeah. Bill Murray, who said he would never do a sequel. Yeah. Never. They got him. I know. So that's big. That's a big deal, folks. Yeah. Great guy. Cammy Egan saying uh, definitely needs Rick Moranis. I, I absolutely agree. I, I, I really think it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zeno Hour, I saw some people on film Twitter already laying groundwork oh. to bash this movie because of the reaction to Ghostbusters 2016. You know, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with all, with, you know, with, well, I say with all due respect, with no respect. <laughs> yeah. Fuck those guys. I mean, just grow up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, unless you've got something valid to say about why you don't want it, that, uh, then sh- shut up. Just shut up. Yep. You know? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm getting more, I was a little bit nervous about this initially, excited that we're going to have another Ghostbusters movie um, that's going to obviously be very close to the original, but I was, you know, now I'm just getting, it, I'm getting more and more confidence in this. Um, and I, 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 I trust, I trust Reitman to do a good job. And I mean, the fact that Jason Reitman's directing it, I mean, yeah. Dr- Jason Reitman, I mean, even though he had some misses, I mean, he is a fantastic filmmaker and storyteller. So, and, and this is something that his dad. Yeah, following the dead. legacy. He's yeah. Fall- he's in the. F- it, this is all in the family to yeah. me. So, this I am excited for, and I get more and more excited. When I all hear these great news. Oh, <laughs> Paul Rudd is the key. <laughs> Zeno, Zeno Hour is saying, I think Variety said Paul Rudd's going to play a teacher, not 100% sure. Uh, and is Paul Rudd the key master from Blackrock 316? That would be very interesting. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about some box office stuff at the moment. Obviously, we've already done reviews of the week's big movies. Uh, but Toy Story box office last week. Now, a bit of a surprise on that. Uh, it's it's still likely that Toy Story 4 is going to be the top movie at the box office this weekend. It's, it's, it's not looking like Annabelle or Yesterday are really going to knock no. that off the 
the top spot. Neither of those are coming in, coming in hot enough. Uh, slightly disappointing uh, box office for Toy Story 4 last weekend. I think domestically it was uh, 118 million. Um, I did a piece on this for Forbes, ranking it where it's where it is basically in the uh, in against all the other Disney Pixar movies, uh, and it's certainly towards the top. But 118 is below the 140, 150 that the industry were expecting. And you and I thought, it oh was, yeah, much higher. We we thought it was going to go 175, 200. Um, so we were both wrong on that, which is absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what happens? I mean, still 118 million dollars opening weekend is not to be sniffed at. It is well <clears throat> to your point. No, here's the problem: nobody points a finger at tracking. Tracking is off. Hmm. And this is something that is so important to the industry, not just to the studios, but 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 the exhibitors use it so that they can gauge and, and, and figure out staffing and how much uh, how much Twizzlers and popcorn they're going to need to get. So when you're 40 plus million dollars off, yeah. like if you won the lottery at 200 million, 50% of that goes to 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 the government, okay? Yeah. But if they gave you 60 million dollars, you're like, "Well, where's my 40 million?" Mm. Like 40 to 60 million off, that's bad. Yeah. That, that's like a weatherman saying it's going to be sunny, and then a <laughs> catastrophic tornado hurricane comes in and hits. Which has actually happened in the UK, where they didn't predict a massive storm in the 1980s, and <laughs> it absolutely it tore the UK a new one. Oh. It was like a legendary oh. storm and made really? the news around the world. Yeah, And those weathermen kept their job? Did all- <laughs> uh, well, y- yes, kept their job, but was kind of like, oopsie. Oopsie. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was so off. But I mean, again, we're seeing now with another Disney movie, 150 million potentially for The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that is another big Disney movie that is slightly off. I also think that it has a lot to do with the fact that people are growing already a little tired of the Disney oversaturating the marketplace. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's because fair. I think. It's like one thing after another, and um, for as much as they did, I know I talked about this last week of how much I felt like they really tried to push this movie by sending journalists to Pixar and going to Disney World and do press days and building up And full disclosure, you went to Pixar. Yes. You were one of those journalists. Yeah, and I mean, it it was nice, and I think they did the right thing pushing it because I think it would have came in even less if they didn't because I think the marketing for this movie did not sell a lot of people. Mm. So I think they did themselves a great benefit by doing what they did. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we just had Aladdin a couple weeks ago, and then we had Toy Story, and then we have, in two weeks, Lion King. And I feel like you start looking at all this stuff, and it just seems like the, the summer of repeats. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, we saw it with Men in Black, where there was very little interest, and I mean, that was a mediocre <laughs> movie, but, you know... There's just too much with Disney. I'll be honest with you with with, with the with the trailers for for Toy Story Four. Um, I I wasn't massively on board with the movie, mm-hmm. but having seen the mm-hmm. early trailers and the clips, I really was quite underwhelmed by that. And I'm wondering if that actually has 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 been one of the factors why people and also and this is something that was just mentioned in the chat. Uh, it was mentioned by film nerd Jamie, where Disney swore that Toy Story Three was the last movie. Now there's a Toy Story Four. And if you couple that with perhaps trailers that people didn't entirely get on board with, and 
people like the idea of a Toy Story 4, right. but they don't necessarily want to give them money for Toy Story 4. And then when they know The Lion King is coming three weeks later, then they're going to perhaps save the money for little Johnny and all his friends to go to the, the movie theatre. I mean, I know people who've seen this movie twice already. Yeah, you yeah know? me too. I know a lot of people who don't generally book to see movies in their first weekend who book to see this in the first weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting to see this this kind of paradigm shift with with who I think this they expected to go and see this movie mm-hmm. and who is actually going to see this movie. And I think that's being reflected in the budget. But, I mean, hands down, it's one of the better movies of the year. It's oh, in my oh, top geez. three. Yeah. So it's a great... There's nothing wrong oh with the God. movie. No, it's a great movie. Yeah. And what really wasn't discussed, too, is uh, on Tuesday, the movie did $20 million yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. That's huge yeah. for an animated movie i know we're in summer but it came out to do 20 million on a tuesday yeah that's those are really big numbers it's going to carry through and i think the reviews the word of mouth as we, as we said we know people who have already seen it twice yeah and, and it's going to carry and disney through is only competing with themselves at this point right. which i think is so stupid yeah. because they're like <clears throat> they're not spacing their movies out enough that they actually get that audience and get that like long lead way, you yeah. know. Like Toy Story will probably would probably have a lot longer legs if it wasn't for Lion King coming out in like two weeks. Right. Yeah, you know, because it's what other movies are you going to take your kids to see? Angry Birds? Like, come on! It's like, like, really? it's like it's like tripping yourself up instead yeah. of putting one foot in front of the yeah. other, you're putting one foot in front. Of the other, right. it's a little bit weird. And then slamming Spider-Man in the middle of the two. Well, that yeah. like, but that's the irony I know, of it all. Yeah. That's Sony. Yeah, I know that's so, Sony, yeah. but it's still connection but, with Marvel Studios, yeah. and it's like they have part part ownership and yeah. stuff now. Uh, some thoughts in the chat on this film, nerd Jamie. Uh, he, he was actually talking about the Toy Story three. Yes, no, number four is is, is the last one. Uh, Camera Egan. Even though the Toy Story movies are strong storytelling, I think a lot of people kind of thought Meh, just another notch in the franchise. I think that is also true. That is a good point. Uh, Blackrock three one six. I think the audience is being selective when it comes to big yep. blockbuster movies. I think you're absolutely right. And I think to a certain extent within Disney, but I think also over the summer as well, people are definitely making a conscious decision <clears throat> now. I hear this more and more and more. I'll wait for it to come on streaming. I'll wait for it to blah, blah, blah. And people are definitely making more of a very considered choice about what they are paying to go and see and what they're going to get as part of their subscription services, or even to get it cheaper if they pay for it at home, because then you can show it to all of the kids for $10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Terrell, uh, how is it that people are tired of Disney? Disney saturation question mark all movies are coming in under box office expectations and Aladdin was a hit Toy Story 4 made over 100 million on the first weekend yes absolutely all of those things are correct Aladdin was a hit uh, Toy Story 4 did make over 100 million the first weekend however I think if you'd have spaced that out further and not had a lot of the competition in the middle both would have made even more Yes, there is, and even the industry admits this. This is coming from people who are putting the movies out there. Mm-hmm. They are also saying that the, the the market is oversaturated. This is not us saying it's making it up. This is what people in the industry are admitting themselves that this is an oversaturated market. And on the flip side, though, Disney is doing something that people, but uh, that NATO uh, goes out to studios to say is give us twelve months. Don't just put all your movies in the summer. Give us 12 months, which Disney does. Yeah. One thing that that should be noted about Aladdin and tracking, Aladdin overperformed from what it was supposed to do. So it really is interesting. And I don't... Again, your Disney saturation... People are going to go see these Disney movies, whether it's Pixar, whether it's Frozen 2 or yeah. MCU. They're going to make a lot of money. 
But you're right, Toy Story 4 could have longer legs if Lion King wasn't coming out in in two weeks. And I don't know, after Lion King, what the next Disney movie is. It could be for a Frozen 2, maybe? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 so really going to be the next one. The well, rain of the summer. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to, I mean, again, we're going to see another summer where, or another year, end of the year, where predominantly it's going to be Disney, more, uh, Disney oh movies God. filling out that top ten. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's look at the box office very quickly before we move on from that. There's so much stuff we could talk around it. We're looking at Toy Story 4. These are the figures from Box Office Mojo, who tend to be, you know, not not far off the mark usually. Uh, they're looking at uh, Toy Story retaining the top spot this weekend with sixty four point eight million. Annabelle Come Home's in second place with sixteen million. Uh, yesterday, then in third place with twelve million. Aladdin in fourth, still playing strong at nine point three, and then uh, five coming in. Secret Life of Pets two uh, with six point four million. Behind that, we have Men in Black International in its third week. Uh, Charles playing its second week. Rocket Man Avengers uh, Endgame and John Wick uh, uh, Chapter Three. So it, Annabelle did okay on previews this week it was 3.5 million when it opened on tuesday uh translated in 7.2 million opening along with you know a pretty good cinema score b minus uh so that's going to have some legs but it's really not going to go particularly far uh yesterday uh, i was looking for a third place finish between um 11 and 14 million i think word of mouth is going to be really important to yesterday uh mm-hmm. whether that actually you know stays around for a lot longer than right. people you know would perhaps think it would or whether it's going to disappear mm-hmm. um so yeah so really interesting there uh we were talking about danny boyle at the top of the show obviously because of uh, uh, yesterday, uh, which he's directed, uh, doing a lot of press recently, he confirmed that uh, there's going to be a third 28 Days Later film in the works. Uh, I really like 28 Days Later. I remember when that movie came out, it was still at the peak of when Danny Boyle was being this gritty groundbreaking director. Um, uh, the second one, uh, I actually quite enjoyed 28 Weeks Later. Um, it didn't do quite as well, but I would be very interested to see no word yet on if he would direct this one, if he would come back and do that. Um, but I would be kind of interested to see this, but I'd I'd rather see it, to be honest with you, as, as a, maybe a series or a three-part series on TV rather than going into movie theatres. Uh, guys, your thoughts on this? Scott, first of all. Um... I agree. I, I mean, I think that's a really good franchise so far. Very under the radar, I feel, mm. but very much for horror fanatics. Um, I think, you know, you, you bring this up with Danny Boyle. I think uh, we, we've seen him in the media a lot lately. Um, he's been whining about uh, the Bond uh, 24, whatever the, fr- yeah. the title is at this point. Um, you know, all this stuff going on with that. And then I, I don't think the reactions to yesterday are going to be all that much to give him a pat on the back and say, good <laughs> job. Uh, so I think he's he's smart kind of going back to this because yeah. I think this is where he'll get a lot of praise again. And uh, I think um, you know it'll it'll be that boost of confidence that he's going to need after these last these next two things. And I have yeah. the title for him too. Twenty eight years later, this is what it should be. Yeah. I, do I care? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I really, I don't know. It's meh for me. Zombie movies on the big screen. There have been some absolutely great ones, but personally, I like my zombie stuff small screen. You know, I think I think I really do enjoy that, and I think you know you could do that on a streaming network. You could do it, you know, on on, on an AM, maybe not AMC because give... they got Walking Dead, but mm. I don't know. Wouldn't you give them the benefit of the doubt though? Because the first two I would. Are pretty I mean, I'd go and yeah, movies. no, hundred percent. I'd, I'd absolutely go and see it. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see him set it somewhere outside of the UK. I I, I really would. Um, that would be quite interesting. Uh, some other things in the chat. We're going to go to a final story in just a second. Uh, film nerd uh, Jamie came back to what we're talking about with Disney. Disney has too much inventory. Xeno uh, Hour really. Really good point from Zeno Hour. Speaking of Men in Black, we touched on this with the box office. Um, just thought about it. Why don't Sony, or why didn't Sony pursue a Men in Black Ghostbusters movie? That could have worked. That is a really good idea. I mean, I think there was a time where that came up. 
mm-hmm. um, because obviously they were looking at things. There was the, the Jump Street crossover they were looking right. at doing for a while. I think there was at the time a crossover of Ghostbusters. I think that would actually be um, particularly uh, particularly interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a shame they didn't, but maybe they would. Okay, we've got to wrap up in just a minute because we're three minutes away from the end of the show. Uh, one story that was a rumour this week that I wanted to touch on very quickly, and then we'll run through a couple of quick reactions. Uh, does Andy Serkis have a role in the Batman? This is a rumour that came out this week. No more than that. A number of sites took this story, repeated it, ran with it, put that rumour out there. Uh, Andy Serkis, and I, you know, I've known Andy professionally for a, for a number of years, almost two decades now, um, and he's one of the nicest guys in the ind- genuinely a nice guy, and he's also in the industry, and he's a nice guy in the industry. Um, I would really like to see him in the Batman. Uh, him yeah. opposite Robert Pattinson, I think, would be great. Scott, to you on this first No, I, I agree. I think he would be fantastic. I mean, this is he's been rumoured for a while. I mean, it was him and Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. for the Penguin character, so I, I think he would be a great fit. Yeah. Yep. I think it would be, if the rumor is true, all in. Want to see him as villain, or would you like to see him as something like Alfred? But I think villain. I'd like to see him as a villain. You know what? Because he was a villain in MCU, Alfred, I didn't even think. I'm going to go with Alfred. Interesting. He gets my vote, yeah. You see, I'd like to see him as something like a penguin or something as a as Two-Face, something like that. I would love to see him as, as that. Again, I mean, characters that have been done before. You know, the world of Batman is full of so sure. many amazing characters. We'll see. Uh, other stories this week worth noting before the end of the show. Red Sonja movie has uh, replaced <laughs> Brian Singer uh, no, brother, with uh, transparent uh, creator Jill Soloway. Uh, Flash Gordon animated movie being developed by Ta- Taika Waititi for Disney. Fuck it, Flash Gordon. I love Flash Gordon. Very good. excited about this. Could be very Me funny. Too. You're not very excited about uh, this. No. Thing. No, I'm not. I, this, I don't feel like anyone's going to see that movie. And uh, one of my favorite stories of the week, which I don't know how true this was, Steven Seagal was apparently considered for Batman before Michael Keaton landed the role. <laughs> you know what? That could have been Car Crash, but I would still have liked to have seen it. You'd just, you'd just know. You'd George just know. Clooney as Batman. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad enough. Yeah, Steven Seagal. Would have been interesting, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, uh, this is the end of the show. So, uh, first of all, uh, D- uh, Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Right here, Popcorn Talk Networks, Meet the Movie Press, LAOFCS, and some other upcoming Popcorn Talk Network shows. You can please support me on the Twitters at Dimitri Panos. Uh, Scott Menzel, you can find me over at WeLiveEntertainment.com. Uh, check out LAOFCS Weekly today. I will be on there. Dimitri will be joining me and Stacey Lane Wilson as well. Thank uh, you. My name is Simon Thompson uh, at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. I have a couple of things dropping over the weekend, including uh, interviews with uh, Corbin Burnson uh, nice. and also Randy, the cowboy from the Village People. <laughs> Seriously. To celebrate the release of Can't Stop the Music on Blu-ray this year for the first time ever. One of my favourite movies of all time. And, of course, to celebrate the end of Pride Month. So, uh, macho, macho, man. Uh, Thanks for watching the show. Thanks for being part of the chat. Do you have one more thing to say, Scott? No, no, no. no. Okay, what about... uh, Like, subscribe, tell people if you like the show. Uh, Just keep quiet if you don't. We really appreciate all the reviews that you give us on iTunes. It's been a little bit quiet on that for a while. But please do do that. Take five minutes out, whether you listen on iTunes or not. But do leave us a review because that helps us go up the rankings and more people go huh what's this show with this funny little <laughs> bald man on um, with a funny voice uh, and we would really appreciate that you can also catch us on uh, Spotify you can catch us on Podcast One and all of those like subscribe and tell everybody and please retweet the show we really import- a lot of you follow us on social media at Meet Movie Press you follow Dimitri you follow Scott you follow me uh, please do retweet the link of the show we really appreciate that help us grow because if you don't we're not going to be here 
right. We're not going to be here. So uh, use it or lose it. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Uh, have a great July 4th, and we will see you next Friday, July 5th, for more movie press. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.